All right, and if you need an outline, if you could raise your hand, and Mr. Dwayne, if you could help me and hand those out. And we are in Romans 6 tonight. So if you could turn to Romans 6, and you want to grab your Bible if you can, if you're on your phone, we're in the King James Version, because we're going to look at all of Romans 6. What's that? Oh, those are, yeah, those are Sundays, sorry. And uh, we are in our new series that we began last week that's going to run every night of the Mountaineers for this semester on Christian life hacks. And hack being a way to do something efficiently and the best way. And it's 10 principles that we'll discover from the Word of God that if you apply to your life, you understand and you know how to apply it and you do apply it, it really will change your Christian life. Last week, we looked at Romans 12.1, which is in your notes there. Oh, I don't think I put it in there. I'm sorry. But it's, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And so we looked at our biggest and most important decision that we'll ever make in life is our salvation, getting saved. And that is the moment in time when we understand, thank you, Dwayne, that we're a sinner uh, in need of a Savior, and we trust Christ by faith, and we have eternal life at that moment. Okay, the Holy Spirit moves in. That's salvation. You become a child of God. Probably the second biggest decision you can make after that, even more than what career, uh, what, who, who to marry, is that of surrendering yourself, making a decision, I am going to be a living sacrifice. That means whatever I have, whatever time I have, whatever abilities I have, everything about me is God's. Every decision, that's just going to be God's. And so now I'm just going to be seeking after his will and walking with him. And everything else is a little decision after you've made that big decision. Well, this week, it's sort of the next step of that. Not every week will go like that in sequence. But this week, look in Romans chapter number five, the last two verses, just to get going here. The Bible says, Moreover, the law entered, 520, that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, Grace did much more abound. And if you like to mark your Bibles, this would be a good night to do it. Just that statement right there. Maybe you heard that statement before. You never knew where it was. Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. So if you've ever talked to somebody who said, I'm too much of a sinner, I don't think that Christ can really save me. I've done too many bad things. Well, where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. There is always going to be more grace than sin for the sinner who comes to the Lord. Amen. That as sin, verse 21, reign unto death, even so might grace reign or rule, reign means you're over, you have control over, might reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. The, the subject tonight is dying to self. Now I've preached through Galatians already and we've looked at Galatians 2.20 where it says, I'm crucified with Christ, and this is in your notes, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me and the life which I now live in the flesh I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. There are many, many other places in the Bible where we find the principle of dying to self. Another title could be your flesh's funeral. Later in the same book in Galatians, Galatians 5.24, they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. Now all of us understand that even if we've been saved, and even if we've made the big decision to be a living sacrifice for the Lord, we've sacrificed ourselves to the Lord, whatever it is, it's yours. Still, still, we have that old, stinking, rotten flesh rear its ugly head and try to get the better of us all the time. 
all the time we're tempted, and then all the time, it seems like, we'll give in to that temptation. So what you're living in then is the Christian life. (laughs) That's the Christian life. All the way until glory, when you've got that redeemed body that has no sin anymore, you're going to be struggling with the flesh. But tonight, we're going to learn how to handle that and how to deal with it. And it involves constantly and consistently, habitually, as a discipline, dying to self. Dying to self. If you and I can understand that principle, dying to self, it'll make all the difference. Being dead to self, living dead to self. Let's read a couple more of these in your outline. Colossians 2.20, Wherefore, if ye be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why as though living in the world are you subject to ordinances? Colossians 3.3, For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. 2 Timothy 2.11, It is a faithful saying, For if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. 1 Peter 2.24, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. 2 Corinthians 4.11, For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. And you say, now wait a second. If I'm dead to sins, how come I still sin? Often, on a regular basis, mournfully, regrettably, but I still sin, and I don't want to. We, we read about that in Romans 7. It's now we're in Romans 6, though. Uh, wh- what, what is that? Well, here, here's the big thing, and we'll uncover all this in Romans 6. We're going to go through it quickly so we have a good understanding. But here's what it is. While you still have a sin fleshly nature, it's what we can see, this, this body that will corrupt and go in the grave one day, it is not in charge anymore. The Lord is in charge. You've got a new nature. Before somebody gets saved, they have no ability to have the Lord Jesus as king of their life, no ability to walk in the spirit, no ability to produce the holiness and righteousness through their actions in the spirit, obeying the truth. They can't do it because their flesh is in charge. It's the sin nature. They're dead spiritually. But when you get saved, the old man is dead. The old man is dead. But yet, sometimes we give the old man control. But what I want you to see tonight from a few uh, points here, bullet points tonight, is that you do not have to be subject to the old man anymore. And we do that by dying to self, dying to the flesh. But how is this done? How is it done? Hebrews 10.38 says, Now the just shall live by faith. Just means justified. It means declared righteous, somebody who is saved. But the Bible says the just shall live by faith. What that means is the same way that you got saved, which is just by faith, a little child, a little five-year-old or whatever age child who understands what sin is, understands Jesus paid for that sin, put their faith in Jesus, they can be saved. That same simple faith and obedience to that faith is the same way you and I can live saved. The same way you got saved is the same way you live saved, and that is by faith. Romans chapter 6, verse number 1. I want you to see in your bullet point, sin is contrary to our new nature. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Now the reason he says that is that the more you sin, grace does much more abound. Even as a Christian, the more you sin, well, God can never forgive me. There's more grace. There's heaping grace. But God's plan for us is not to take advantage of that grace or frustrate the grace of God, okay? Verse number two, God forbid, he says. No, of course not. That's what that means. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? You see, before we got saved, there was no choice. We were in our sins. 
That's all we could do. We were governed by feelings. We were a sinner. But now, now that we're alive in Christ, we don't have to sin anymore. We don't have to follow the old man. We don't have to put the devil on the throne of our life. We don't have to give in to our flesh because now Christ sitteth on the throne. The Holy Spirit is inside of us and we're a new creature. Uh, so that's the first point. Sin is contrary to our new nature. It's totally opposite. It's totally foreign to our new nature that we have in Christ. Next, the new nature is based on belief in the truth. Okay? How do you get saved? By believing, by faith, in the truth, in the gospel. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's the gospel. How do you get saved? By believing in that truth. What else is truth? This whole book right here, this is truth. This is everything. This is what we build our lives upon. If you're reading a good book one time, a Christian book or an article or something, it doesn't quite sound right, search the book. Understand it contextually, culturally. Understand the book. This is the truth. And the same way we get saved, I mean, this book is the only way we know about Jesus. This is the only way we know that Jesus died for our sins. It's the only way we know that it's sufficient. It's the only way we know that he resurrected. This is the only way, the word of God right here. And so the same way we got saved, the same way we live saved, we live by the truth, in belief of the truth, not by feelings, not by feelings. That's important. Look, and maybe if you like to underline or circle, I've done this, but notice these words. We're going to read several verses here. Notice the words used in the following verses here. Uh, verse number three, know ye not. That's knowledge. That's belief, understanding. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Just like the Lord died, was buried, and rose again, our sin nature is dead, and we should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Here's another word here, knowing this. So he's teaching us, maybe what we already know, the, the readers here, the Romans, but reminding us you've got to live with this in the forefront of your mind know ye not verse 3 knowing this verse 6 that our old man is crucified with him that the body of sin might be destroyed that henceforth we should not serve sin for he that is dead is freed from sin verse 8 now if we be dead with christ we believe there's another word so know verse 3 knowing verse 6 believe verse 8 we believe that we shall also live with him so we understand that christ died for our sins and in doing so he not only gave us eternal life in the future he gave us that today we became a new creature born anew again today right now and at the same time that that new creature was created within us in an instant the old man is dead now we still have got the flesh but it's not in charge anymore the Lord is in charge of our life because we've got that new creature. So we know it, we know it, we believe it. Verse 9, knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more. You see, he doesn't have to die over and over again. It was a one-time sacrifice. It's done. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. And so we need to follow the truth in our Christian life. Okay, so we're, we're building here practically. How do you die to self? What does that mean? to be dead to self during the day. Paul said that he died daily. He had to die daily. And I don't know about you, but I read that and I think that's all. <laughs> Once a day, I find myself having to die many times a day to what I feel like doing, an impulse. I mean, from the time you order in the drive-thru to the time it takes to get to the window, sometimes you've got to 
to die to self, die to self, die to self, it's cool, it's cool, you know, or whatever is your trigger. Maybe you're a very patient person. You can't imagine getting annoyed at waiting for a while, but maybe something else really bothers you and you want to respond in the flesh or you want to give in to some temptation or you seek out some temptation that you've struggled with in the flesh. You need to die to self, die to self. And how do you do that? You know and understand, this is so important, you know and understand that you do, do not have to be bound by that sin. You do not have to give in. Why? Because the old man is dead. Now, before you got saved, struggle, big time struggle. But after you've gotten saved, there's still a struggle, but the Lord is in charge if you let him, if you let him be. The, the devil is not sitting on the throne of your life anymore. You're a new creature. And you understand that the old man has said, I know it, I know it, I believe it by faith. By faith, you get saved. By faith, you live the Christian life. You have a temptation come your way, and you say, I just don't think I can handle this. I can't do it. Hey, whoa, 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 where's the faith? Where's the faith? The same God that delivered you from the penalty of sin has delivered you from the power of sin today, in this moment, in this instant. And that same faith that it takes you to get saved, that one time, that, and I'm not talking about getting saved now, I'm talking about living the Christian life, is the same faith that it takes to say, Lord, I'm claiming that you are powerful enough to help me get through this. I'm dying to self. This new nature is based on belief in the truth. This new man walks in truth, not in feeling. You know, if you are governed by your feelings, you'll make a bad decision just about every time. Let me give you a silly illustration. I love cheesecake, all right? Uh, we were uh, out of town recently. We just got back in from a, a good preaching conference we like to go to each year, the Southwide Baptist Fellowship, and 10 minutes from our hotel was a cheesecake factory. What, okay? And, uh, and we're like, let's go over there and get a cheesecake just real quick after the service. And so I got out my phone, I ordered some, but we saw when it closed, and we saw what time it was, and it was gonna be tight. And you know, there's some people that you might see that you know, and you, you can't just rush out and say, talk to the hand, I've got cheesecake going. And so you have to be polite on your way out. And we ordered it, and it was one of these deals in a mall where it's like the entrance on the second floor of the parking garage, and the GPS takes you to the middle of the inside of the parking garage on the back side of the mall. And we are freaking out. We're going over these speed bumps as fast as we can. It's 9.56, it closes at 10, and then DoorDash says it's canceled your order. And we're calling Cheesecake Factory, like, hold please. And we're like, there's no time to hold. You close in three minutes. And then we didn't get cheesecake. Now, uh, I could say, so that's a sad story, okay? Weep with me. Um, anyways, I could say that, you know, I'm just a cheesecake guy. I could eat cheesecake Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, <laughs> breakfast, lunch, and dinner, cheesecake all the time. I'm just a cheesecake guy. It's just who I am. I heard a, a preacher who preached in Mississippi a long time. He pastored. He wasn't pastoring now. And so if you get offended at this, I didn't say it. I'm just telling you what he said. But he pastored in the South for a long time. And he said, people used to say, the South will rise again. And maybe it will. If you think it will, okay, no offense. But the South, the South will rise again. And he said, the South will rise again. <laughs> Don't get offended, okay? You had, he said, you, you had biscuits and gravy in the morning, chicken fried steak and gravy for lunch, and fried chicken and gravy with mashed potatoes for dinner. You're not going anywhere. <laughs> you're, you're not going to rise again. No, but no, I just, just good for anybody. Hey, cheesecake is no better, okay? So I'm not a health food nut or anything. And so, and so I just stuffed that cheese. So I could say, hey, look, I'm just a cheesecake guy. 
I never feel like I can get over this temptation to eat this cheesecake. I'm going to eat so much cheesecake. I'm just going to embrace who I am, okay? This is how God made me. If God made me this way, it can't be wrong. I'm going to eat only cheesecake exclusively for the rest of my life. And I'm just going to, I'm a cheesecake guy, okay? But it's really going to affect your life, isn't it? If I only ate cheesecake, you would see me grow. It would be a church growth plan, right? Grow and grow and grow, right? There would be consequences because that's not right. But because I'd be led by my feelings. I always feel like having a nice slab of cheesecake. But Honestly, truthfully, I know that, I, that it was better for me that that Cheesecake Factory was closed when I got there. Okay, and so Christian life hack, dying to self, yeah, I feel like doing this, or I even feel like God made me a certain way towards a certain lifestyle. I had a really good friend um, in, uh, in college who was my uh, roommate, and he was in charge of the whole dorm, and he was somebody everybody looked up to. Today, and that wasn't that long ago, I didn't go to college that long ago, maybe 10, 12, 13 years ago is when I was a roommate with him. Now he has his open uh, alternate lifestyle, there's some kids in here, as you can be, oh, as open as you can possibly be. And his testimony is, I finally just embraced uh, how God made me. Well, no, come on now. Now you, you're, you're, you might, and I, and I can't argue anymore, maybe, you know, I, this isn't just how I am because maybe other people really tend towards theft. <laughs> Some people really tend towards lying. They've got a problem. Some people might really tend towards that kind of particular sin. And maybe that's just the case for you. And that's a struggle you'll have to deal with. So what do you do? Same way that everyone deals with whatever sin they have. It's this dying to self, dying to self. Can I get an amen right there? Are you listening? Maybe you're thinking deeply. I hope you agree. <laughs> okay. Dying to self led by the truth. Okay. Whatever the Bible says, I'm going to believe. Now, maybe uh, I don't think it should apply in this culture. Maybe I think ladies should preach now. Okay, just a, a little thing. Like, a culture is different now. Whatever the Bible says, that's what I believe. Whatever the Bible says for my life, that's just what I believe. That's what the Word of God says. And to be dead to self is to be guided by the truth. I know, I believe. I know, verse 3. I know, verse 6. I believe, verse 8. I know, verse 9. I know that the same power that broke the chains of me going to hell is the same power that can break the chains of me today in my sin that I'm struggling with. I know it. Therefore, next bullet point, therefore, based on knowing and believing the truth, we die to self by simply, simply, everyone, making a decision to yield ourselves unto God. There's not a magic formula. They're simply believing, knowing the word of God, believing the truth, and yielding to that truth. It's the same way you get saved. Verse number 11, likewise, reckon. Reckon means to consider, figure. You know, you're an accountant, you reckon. I, I reckon we're going to have some more fried chicken after church tonight. I reckon this is what I believe we're going to do. So I reckon, because of that, I rec reckon y'all, ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now I want you to notice all the words that have you making a decision, making an action. Reckon, verse number 11. Verse number 12, let let, let means to allow, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body. You're talking to me? Yeah, I'm talking to you. If sin is reigning in my mortal body, that's my fault. If it's raining, if I have a sin that I just can't shake and I just won't shake and I have the Holy Spirit living in me, I'm a Christian, I'm born again, that's my fault. For a Christian to say, the devil made me do it, 
That's only true if you allowed the devil to make you do it. If you said yes to the devil, you know, the devil doesn't have power over you no more than your flesh should have power over you anymore. Now, I'm not saying it won't be temptation. I'm not saying it's a constant struggle, but that's why it's a constant dying to self, dying to self. Nope, nope, nope. I know better because the word of God says I don't have to live this way anymore. I'm a new creature. I don't have to live like the world. I don't have to live like the devil. I am alive in Christ, dead to sin. Next, verse 13, neither yield ye yield ye that's you that's me that's on me personally your members your body your hands your feet anything as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin but here it is yield yourselves unto god as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto god verse 14 this is such a great thing to underline sin shall not have dominion over you boy that would be good for you and me maybe to say in the mirror in the morning when we're dying to self hey bucko sin shall not have dominion over you why because i'm under grace for you're not under the law verse 14 but under grace jesus has paid for all these sins why would i live in them any longer I don't have to. I am going to die to self, this nagging feeling that I have to do whatever, a full spectrum of things that, that human beings, you and I, are, are tempted with, don't have to do it. I don't have to do it. I'm putting Christ on the throne. He is on the throne, but I am giving him the reins of my life, knowing and believing that he's more powerful than anything else that I have come up. Verse 15, what then? What? Shall we sin because we're not under law but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye, here's the word again, yield yourselves, or given, whom to yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. I need to explain that a little bit, but the next bullet point uh, is who will you work for today? Who will you work for today? So verse 16, I need to make sure that that doesn't look like it's a work salvation. So, whom ye yield your servants, yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. So, sin only produces death. Okay? Uh, Adam sinned, death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. The only fruit that you get from sinning is death, is bad stuff. And the only, this is good, in the spirit, the only fruit you get from obeying the Lord is holiness, is righteousness, something that can only be produced by a child of God. We'll keep reading. Verse 17, but God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. Imagine this. Imagine that you've got a terrible job. And some of you say, I don't have to imagine that, but I don't know. Maybe you've got a terrible job. You get paid barely enough, maybe even to eat. It's a, it's a bad boss. The worst part about it is the boss, uh, profane, drunkard, you hate going. Uh, it's just a real rough, I've had a couple bosses like that, and uh, it's just, it's hard. It makes for a long, long night. Okay. Well, uh, one day somebody comes into your business and they look at you and they give you a business card and they say, I want you to come work for me at my company. You say, well, I don't know anything about this particular company. I don't think I can do anything in this field. He says, don't worry about it. I'll teach you. And so time goes on. You get hired. You get trained. You get promoted. You move from this little shack to a nice home. You're able to provide for your children, your family. Now you've got insurance. You've got savings. You've got good food on the table. Everything is awesome. Everything's great. Well, one morning you're in your nice kitchen and you're with your wife. You've gotten ready. You've showered. You've shaved. You're, you're pouring your coffee. And you say, you know what, babe? I believe I'll go work for that other boss today. 
I think I'll go back to the old job just for a little while, just for today. I'm going to go back to that job. She says, what? Is this a joke? What do you mean? No, just for a little while. I'm going to go back. She, she would say, why would you ever do that when it's so much better now? That doesn't make any sense. And the same way that you and I, who are children of the king, who are clothed in royal robes, and we stand before God justified, made free from all of that penalty of sin and the power of sin, why would we say, you know what I better do today? I better go back and work for the devil a little bit and give into the flesh. Uh, uh, no, nothing good ever. Well, look, keep, keep reading. He's trying to help us remember. That's the next bullet point. Remember the difference. Remember the difference. Verse 20, for when ye were the servants of sin, ye were free from righteousness. And he says, remember, guys, what fruit had ye then in those things whereof you're now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. I would say that if we really were honest with ourselves and really thought through back to the things that we've done, not for the Lord, but for our own flesh, things that we know to be sin, we'd really be ashamed of the outcome. And maybe it's a little bit fun in the moment. Uh, there's pleasures in sin for a season. Maybe in that moment, it seemed like a good idea. It's the only way the devil can tempt us to do anything is if there's a little bit of something there. But the fruit, what it produced, what was left over after we were done, I'm ashamed of, terribly ashamed of. Uh, we all like to get to know each other and fellowships and things, but we only want to get to know each other oh so much, don't we? <laughs> you know, we don't want to know everything about everything. I don't want to know everything about you. You probably don't want to know everything about me, right? Because eventually we'll get to the point where we're, we're ashamed to even bring it up again. And we don't have to. You know, it's under the blood. The Lord has forgotten it if you're saved, okay? But I'm just saying, you and I, it does us sometimes a little bit of good, maybe, to think about those things. And to think about what those things, whatever sin it was, produced. And how ashamed we were of those. And how ashamed we would be again. Uh, verse number 22. But now, here's the difference. But now, being made free from sin. I'm free from sin. I'm free from that old rotten boss, that profane boss. He never paid me what he said he would. He never paid me enough. He lied about me. He put me on the days that I said I couldn't work. It was a nasty, disgusting place to work. Overnight shift. It was awful. Tore my family apart. Didn't have money. I'm free. I'm free. Why would I go back? I'm free from sin. Become servants to God. You get to pick who your master is. You get to pick. Now you've got the dream job, okay? The illustration, the dream job right here. But you get up, you can, you can go over there to where it's everything you ever dreamed of. Awesome. It's awesome to serve God. It's great. It's great. Or you can go back here and live in the pig slop squalor of your former sins. And that's, and that's our decision. And the decision is not just in the morning. It's all day, isn't it? All day. All day. How do we die to self? You remember. You know and you believe. I am free from this. God saved me. He also saved me from this. I don't have to give in. And so, Lord, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to work for you. Same thing. I said it last week, Brother Sam, is writing your story. Here's writing your story. Same kind of deal. Who are you going to serve today? I get up. Who am I going to go to work for today? God or the flesh and the devil? But now being made free from sin, verse 22, and become servants to God, you have your fruit unto holiness. When you serve God, the fruit, what's produced, is holiness and the end everlasting life, meaning that you're going on marching forward towards everlasting life. Meaning, okay, this is not a work salvation, meaning that what you produce reflects who you really are. For the Christian to live in sin and produce the fruit of that sin, it's very unbecoming because it's not who we are. Because we have the opportunity 
to do so much better only by believing and submitting by faith and yielding ourselves to the Lord. For, verse 23, the wages of sin is death. Here's the contrast. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Dying to self must be a habit we develop and practice many times per day as we seek to live the victorious Christian life.